Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you. If you're a new listener or you're a returning listener, I'm so happy to have you here as part of the Yo Quiero Dinero community. It is really amazing how much we have continued to grow, and that is all due to your support. We've recently been featured on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple as part of their Latinx Heritage Month roundups, and it's just amazing how many people we continue to impact and how many lives we continue to change with this podcast. I just want to say thank you first off. Also, if you're loving this podcast, can you please just take one moment to leave us a review? I read each and every one of your reviews and they mean so much to me and they help us so much because they actually get other people to listen to us too. So if you're loving this podcast and you haven't yet left a review, stop what you're doing, go on to Apple, leave us a review, leave a comment. I read them all and I appreciate you all so, so, so much. Now let's get into today's episode. 
We're going to be talking about investing today with Nathalie Minda. She is a first-generation Ecuadorian who immigrated to Canada for her studies, and her life experiences abroad led her to self-educate on money management and wealth building. She's super passionate about teaching first-gen immigrants, women of color, and Latinas about how to invest. And she's doing that over at her YouTube channel, The Financial Talk. If you haven't already subscribed, definitely check her out. She's amazing. She's 23 years old and she is sharing her debt and wealth journey. And she wants to empower all of us to be financially independent and live our best lives. So if that sounds like a conversation that is right up your alley, stay tuned for this episode. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Nathalie Minda of The Financial Talk. All right, Natalie, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Janice. It was really nice to get to know you thanks to Instagram. And I'm really happy that I found your page and you found me as well. We are both motivating the Latin community to take care of their finances. And I think it's great. We're making a change. Absolutely. So you definitely caught my attention on Instagram. You recently did uh, an Instagram live with financialism and you guys were talking about investing, which I'm super passionate about. And whenever I find Latinas who are talking about investing, I'm like, I got to get to know this girl. So why don't you introduce us to everybody who's listening so that they find out more about you? Sure, definitely. So I am Natalie. I am from Ecuador and I moved to Canada for studies. I came here on my own, so it was really hard to be away from my family and also come to a new country and learn everything. And I feel that one of the things that was harder for me to understand or learn was finance, right? I have to be able to open an account on my own, learn the system. And um, I basically taught everything uh, to myself. Um, my major is was related to finance it was basically business economics but in my third year i had this course on personal finance and i fell in love with this and i feel that finance is a subject that it's so useful and needs to be taught in school so i started the financial talk as a way to motivate myself and share my that journey mm -hmm. but later on I saw the the possibility the lack of financial education so I thought okay I do know about finance and why don't I share my debt and wealth journey while educating other people so that's how the financial got started the financial talk got started and um, I'm here just to empower other women and immigrants to be financially independent and live their best life. I absolutely love that. And you know what stuck out for me from everything that you said is the fact that it doesn't matter where you are. Financial literacy is literally not taught anywhere, it seems, right? Because you're not learning about it in Canada. You didn't learn about it in Ecuador. I didn't learn about it in uh, the United States. My parents didn't learn about it in Puerto Rico. So I feel like it's just this universal deficit of information that is holding so many people back. And that's why I appreciate what you're doing so much, because the more of us that are talking about this, especially in our communities, I'm hoping that that really just starts to change the narrative of our communities. 
yes, you're 100% right. And I feel it's just the the system wants to keep us ignorant about mm. finances because that's how big corporations and banks um, make their money. But small communities, minorities are the ones that um, get affected the most. Right? Absolutely. Because we come from, um, let's say, poor or developing countries where these information is, is vital. Absolutely. So true. So I'm curious. I ask this question to all of my guests because I think our you, our money stories are very unique, especially as like first gen, as, as immigrants, as Latinos. We learn a lot about money growing up and it's usually we learn like what not to do. Um, so I'm curious what your relationship with money was like growing up. Sure. I was raised by a single mom. And from a young age, I was taught to be independent. My, my mom was my example. She was the one that was getting out there to, to get the, the bread to feed us. And I never grew up with luxury even though I had a really comfortable life, um, I never felt the need to own anything branded. And I feel that my childhood and what my mom taught me literally shaped me into the, the woman I'm, I'm today. I feel I'm a re really frugal person. I am independent. And for me, education is the most important value that my mom could give me um i always try to learn every day and this is why i i came to canada i never saw myself in ecuador um, because of the lack of opportunities so coming to canada opened more opportunities for me and that's why i i got into that financial talk but i i feel that my relationship with money is it's not that I lack money, but money was not abundant in my household, mm -hmm. right? And I I feel that the the way that my mom taught me how to save and also she will always say like you need to prepare for life and do not let anyone tell you that because you come from this country you are less than someone. So I think that's really important. Yeah, it sounds like your mom really set you up to be able to face the world and not be scared of just getting out there and being on your own, which, I mean, the sound of leaving your country and coming to a place that, have you ever been to Canada before you left Ecuador? No, not at all. And I was like in high school, I will have friends that will go to the States for vacations and um you know come back with like a lot of stuff like clothes and games and stuff like that and i was not able to do that um of course when you're young you do feel sad and you ask your parents like why can i have this but yes i, I came to canada without even being here and um the language i learned it from high school but it was definitely a, a different experience, you know, exposing myself to a whole different culture from a young age on my own. Yeah, that's super important. So you're 23 years old at this point, right? Yeah. So yeah. you come to Canada at what age? 18. 
So you're 18 years old in a place you've never been. What is that experience like? Did you feel like, oh my God, I can't handle this? Or is it because your mom kind of taught you to be independent and to just do what you had to do that you knew that there was no turning back? I I think what what helped me a lot was that when I came here, I live with an Ecuadorian family. Mm. So the um, the transition was easier because I am with people that are from my same background, speak my same language, cook the same food I eat. So it was definitely the transition was not that bad. I feel that if I came here and live at university residence, it would have been much harder. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what um, I think helped me to, to get used to this culture. And the, the family I live with, I didn't know them before. They were um, family of my mom's best friend. <laughs> so oh, that's okay. her comadre, basically. And yeah. um, I live with them. So that makes it so much easier. Um, but still living away from from home and being separated from my mom was was hard. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely I think one of the main reasons why so many people get scared to go somewhere new or try something new is because they're just afraid of like, are they going to be able to handle that change? And I definitely went through that too when I moved uh, from Northeast New Jersey to. Florida. So I'm like over a thousand miles away from my family at this point. But like you said, I really just felt like I didn't belong where I was and that there was Mm -hmm. more for me. And so I made the same decision and I encourage people to like do scary stuff like that because you just never know like what possibilities you're missing out on just because you're kind of letting fear stop you from even taking that first step. For sure. Get um, way on of your comfort zone. And I feel that that's something I, I do often once I, I get used to, to a place or to a routine, I need to change it because I, I want to get to experience other things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to talk more about your journey from Ecuador to Canada. Can you talk us through what that process was like for um, you applying to school and then what your career has blossomed into as a result of all the, the moves that you've made? Sure. So coming to Canada was something that I really wanted before graduating high school. I was the kind of girl that will go to all these school um, events that will talk about other universities abroad. So I will attend them all. I did apply for a few universities and I got accepted to University of British Columbia and I got a scholarship. So I, since I was in high school, I was really studious and get um, good grades and all that. So I got a scholarship and the scholarship was about half um, the tuition but what really stopped me from going to UBC was that I have to pay for residence so the the amount of money was a lot and I got discouraged because as I said I got raised by a single mom and we had a comfortable life but we are not rich so my mom told me I'm so sorry I know that you want to study abroad but I cannot afford this and unfortunately you have to study here in Ecuador so I started university in Ecuador and um, I got like really discouraged, but somehow things were out and I found um, myself coming to Toronto. 
I had to choose a university last minute and I got accepted. I, my student visa got delayed, so mm -hmm. I could not start as everyone else in the sep September semester, um, fall semester. I had to start in January and it was a little bit harder because everyone knew each other and I was the new girl at university coming in winter semester. I had to catch up with the other, with, with the, my other um, friends basically. And um, the university I studied was York University. I did not get on a scholarship because I applied late because um, I said everything was last minute mm -hmm. and um, but I got some credits transfer so at the end of the day my career was really three years and a half and not four years so I started um, studying business economics I chose the major because it was a combination of business management and economics which were two subjects that I was curious in high school um, the idea of having my own business really intrigues me and and I want to have my own business and be my own boss mm -hmm. um, and I think I might be able to do that with the financial talk and regarding my career um, my major really opened the doors um, for me to start my career in the finance um, space so I'm currently working for a brokerage company and every day I learn something new about investments, uh, finance, and also the, the way people behave and think about money. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what is it about working in the financial industry that inspired you to want to pursue that? Yes. Um, that's a good question because I did not see myself working really in the finance industry when I started my career. That's something that um, I started to get familiar when I was studying. And I feel that one of the things that helped me decide was really when I took the personal finance course and I was like, why don't they teach these in high school, like there will be, people will be so much better financially if you teach these, these at, at school, high school. Right. And I, I thought like, I want to be in the finance industry and climb that corporate ladder just to show people that women can do it and that women can also help others to be better financially and that we can be CEOs, CFOs. And I think that's that's what really has me in, in the financial industry, being able to help families with my same background and women of color and show them that we can as well. Yeah, I love that. It's such a great motivation. So I'm curious because you also talk a lot about investing. So what actually inspired you to start investing? Investing has been a huge interest from, for me since I was, um, let's say, 14 years old. In Ecuador, investing is not something that you will talk about. It's really hard to get into investing. Um, we have the... Quito Stock Exchange, which is the stock exchange for um, the capital. And I remember I, I told my mom, I, I want to 
um, start investing. And I was in their web page looking at some companies. And I told my mom, like, why don't we put some money into this? Even though I didn't understand really, but there were companies that I was familiar with that they will come up in the news. So I'm like, why don't we do this? Like there are other people doing it. Um, but to start investing in Ecuador, you really need a lot of capital and access to the US market or a Canadian market, let's say. It's not that accessible. Um, I am not sure what really got me into it. I feel that when, when I was younger, I will watch a lot of YouTube videos. So I think it was just that. I just started watching in YouTube different guys talking about investing and how they will like make money and all that. So what what I started asking myself is why is that all these guys are talking about investing, but I cannot find any girl talking about investing. So I think without even noticing, I was just putting myself into into the finance world, even though I did not understand what was it like to invest or anything like that. I I was into it somehow. So when I came to Canada, here, just as the US, we have apps and there are so many brokers available to start investing and that do not require that much capital. So one of my goals um, was to start investing. And because I did not understand the whole idea behind it, I started with Bravo Advisors. Mm -hmm. I did make a lot of mistakes because as, as you know, and you're a financial advocate before investing, you should do your research and you should have an emergency fund and a cushion and, and all that. But I did not have that. It was just me trying to put myself into the investing world without really knowing it. And that's why I chose Rob Advisors. Um, and after I made some mistakes, I was like, okay, I'm going to get serious. And I started watching more YouTube videos and learning on my own. Got it. it that's such a common story. I think so many of us are kind of teaching ourselves through social media, through talking to people that are doing this too, because our parents don't know, they don't invest. Um, and it's just like a general lack of understanding around this topic, especially in our community. So we're kind of figuring out as we go and we all end up making mistakes uh, in some way or another. So can you explain yeah. what a robo-advisor is for anybody who doesn't know? Yes, for sure. So a Rob advisor is just in simple words, just think of it like an app. So it's just an application and it is based, um, it is programmed through algorithms. So the algorithm will allocate your money to the best type of investment regarding your risk tolerance, also investment knowledge. So when you sign up for it, usually through an app, they will ask you some questions like, um, how experienced are you with investing? Um, if this happens, let's say, if you see that the stock market goes down 10%, how will you react? And several questions just to assess your risk tolerance and your knowledge. And based on that, they will invest your funds in different products. So there are robo advisors that invest in ETFs, others that invest in mutual funds. And maybe I'm just... Um, but another more concept for people, but it's really just that. And you can, depending on the um, on the um, company, you can change 
the the portfolio at any time it has other benefits and the main um benefit i will say is that their fees are really low because mm-hmm. you're kind of just letting a computer do something versus hiring like a person to sift through stocks and mutual funds and makes those those decisions for you right exactly so you don't have to pay a person to do that mm-hmm I love that. And that's a great way for anybody to get started. There are so many apps available nowadays that, you know, cater to women, to millennials, to Gen Z. Like, it's just a matter of figuring out what you're comfortable with and what the fees are that are associated with their services and and just pick one. And nobody says you can't have more than one, too. Like, I think that's a common misconception that, like, if you choose one investment vehicle or one investment app, like, that's what you have to use forever. And you can always change your mind about what you're using. Yes, that's right. You can have as many Rob advisors as you, as you will like. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you even go about setting your investment strategy? Because I get that question a lot. People are like, okay, I want to start investing. And then I'm like, okay, so what do you want to invest in? And then they're just looking at me like with a blank stare because they have no idea. They haven't thought that far, right? So like, how did you actually go about figuring out what your investing tolerance was uh, and what your plan or like what plan made sense for you yes that's a really good question because as you said there are a lot of people that want to start investing and one of the reasons why is that i believe people are talking more about it and um how i decided what to invest in as i said i started with rob advisors these rob advisors were not bad but were not giving me the return that I wanted. So I decided to switch and just do it on my own by picking ETFs. And um, that's how my portfolio is mainly built on around ETFs that follow the index of the S&P 500 and the TSX. And I, in order for me to know what I wanted to do, I just asked myself a couple of questions like for how long do I want to be investing and what 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 would I do if the stock market goes down tomorrow as well like would I take out all my money what exactly is is my plan and also taking in um taking in in place that I I'm currently paying off debt mm-hmm. so my risk tolerance is is not as high as other people because I still have these um, that that I have to pay out, right? So mainly I'm investing in ETFs. I really want to go into stock picking and it's something that I am interested in because I have watched um, YouTube videos and I have been following YouTubers for a long time regarding these and I have read books and I'm currently studying as well for um, CFA, which is a charter financial analyst, and I'm, I'm learning about it. So later on, I will switch my investment strategy. Um, but for now, it's just ETFs, um, a little bit in stocks, and then I have a, a managed portfolio, like a Rob advisor mm-hmm. um, for investing in bonds, but it's a really small allocation. But to answer your question. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. To get to know what you're going to invest in, you really just have to ask yourself um, some questions. So I usually tell people, use the five questions that you can ask for everything. What, where, when, how, and why. Mm -hmm. So what are your financial goals? When are you looking to to start? Or um, when will you be able to see returns or to cash out your investments how long do you want to be in the in the stock market for where you for the where questions really like where are you going to open your account like where which brokerage and Mm -hmm. why why are you starting so not only because other people are starting but you really have to know your why i love that i think that's the why question is the most important because you have to understand what your personal goals are. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. If that, if what they're doing doesn't align with what your plans are, then it doesn't make sense for you to start investing until you know the answer to that question. Exactly. So I love what you talk about, you know, your journey evolves. And I think that's a common misconception that people think like you have to be an expert in investing to start. And I think that's totally the wrong approach. Like investing is a journey and you're, your journey as an investor, it evolves as you learn more, you try new things, you see what works, you see what doesn't. But if you don't ever get started, then you can't, you can't get to that point where you feel like comfortable enough to make the switch from a robo advisor to a self-managed account and eventually to more like, you know, exotic stuff like cryptocurrency and, and all this other stuff that is like so trendy, but I don't think a lot of people even understand what they're investing in. <laughs> they're just following what yeah. other people are doing. 
Yes, and I I feel that that's really important. Um, going back to the why question, like why are you doing it? Like why are you looking to start investing? Are, are you looking to buy a house in the next year? Are you looking to fund a wedding? Are you looking to save for your retirement? So you really have to know your why because you're not gonna put the the hard hard earned money that you have work uh, for to any type of investment just because other people are telling you to do that. Right. Yeah, it's such a good point. Okay, so I'm curious if you could explain ETFs to someone who doesn't know what they are and why do you invest in them at this point in time as an investor? Sure. So the way that I like to explain it is just with a comparison with fruits. So... (laughs) I am pretty sure everyone knows what a stock is. So I usually say it's just like a fruit, like an apple. An ETF is just a fruit salad. So it's a basket of securities. It can be a basket of stocks. It can be a basket of bonds, a basket of currencies, and so on. So that is an ETF. There will be ETFs that follow an index. So in this case, that's what I am investing in, the S&P 500, which are the 500 larger companies in the New York Stock Exchange. So I am putting my money towards that. Um, Why? Because ETFs have really low fees. Um, There are other products like mutual funds. Those have a little bit higher fees. So for me at this point in time, I am choosing ETFs also because with my brokerage um, company, I do not have to pay for ETFs. So I have literally no commissions, but ETFs have embedded um, management um, expenses um, fee, which is called um, MER, management expense ratio, um, which are lower than mutual funds. So these gives me the exposure to the largest companies in the United States um, and basically follows that index. I also invest in ETFs that um, contain REITs, so real estate, and I have another ETF for the Toronto Stock Exchange, which again follows the index um, and tracks the Toronto Stock Exchange, the, the stocks that um, are contained there. So Got that it. is um, what it, like what I'm investing in ETFs. Love it. Okay, so another thing that is super controversial, but I totally believe that you can do both, is this idea of having debt and investing. And there are some popular financial gurus out there that say that you should not be investing until you're completely debt free. And I have to disagree with that because I feel like at the end of the day, the only currency that you cannot get back is time. And if you're spending 5, 10, 15 years paying off debt, that is time that you cannot get back if you're not invested in the market. So I'm curious to what your thoughts are about paying off debt and investing since you are doing both? Yes, I think uh, I totally agree with you. Time is precious. And I I am investing and paying off debt. And when we were having the Instagram Live with Financialism, he was telling me that he does disagree with um, doing both. But he also mentioned that he likes that what I'm doing because you are creating a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I would not encourage people to invest if they have a high interest debt, such as a credit card debt with 20% interest annually. But if you have a lower debt, let's say your student loans, the, the, the interest is low, like 5% or less, um, or a car loan, then it's, I feel that it's okay to invest as long as you know your, your risk, you know yourself, and um, you know what you're investing in. I'm, I'm not going to tell you, okay, start investing and you go crazy and start day trading mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Um, so for me, really, why I am doing both is to, for the time aspect, I, I know that my investments are not short term, they are long term. So in the longer term, I expect a higher return based on what I'm investing in. And as you said, time is, is valuable. The, the more time that I am in the stock market, the, the greater returns that I might see. And also to, to build that habit on every, every month I have to invest this much. So I am just creating a routine for my investment strategy, but I also have a plan to pay off my debt. So before I decided to to switch from Bravo Advisors, just invest on, on my own, I sat down and I wrote down a plan, like how am I going to be able to pay off my student loan and invest at the same time. And the main um, goal is to pay off my debt. So most of my income is going towards that. And then um, another percentage is going towards investing. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for people that are in debt that want to invest? What are some things that they should probably do before they start investing? I will say you have to see, you have to understand your debt. That's really important. You have to know your your interest rate, you have to know your payment, and you have to create a plan to see how much more money you can put towards your debt to be debt free faster. And knowing that, that that's a debt um, aspect, then the other thing will be regarding investing. So have have a plan like why are you studying investing for how long and um, which what are you going to invest in? Are you going to have a passive strategy or an active strategy? If you are paying off that, I will say it will be you'll be better off just doing it passively um, with um, index funds and ETFs um, that tracks um, indexes as well um, until you are debt free. Maybe you can increase your risk afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Very good advice. Okay, so financial literacy and just understanding how your money works and investing and all these things, it can be so overwhelming to people, especially I feel like women of color, like we are already dealing with so many different stresses and burdens in life that figuring out how your money works can just feel like absolutely overwhelming and like you just don't have the energy or the time for it. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on why financial literacy should matter to us? That's a a good question. And I feel that as a first 
generation um, that was able to study abroad, like first generation of my family, the the biggest struggle for me was to afford university. Um, as I said, I do not come from a wealthy family. And if I had that solid financial uh, background, those basics before deciding to, to come here, maybe I, I would have been able to have a plan so that I don't have to pay off that afterwards. So I feel really for women of color, having that financial education is going to help us not get into that, break the poverty cycle or stop living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I think that if my mom, she she did everything on her own, but she clearly struggled because I remember there were days where she had so much stress because there were debts that she had to pay. So if my mom could have had that um, financial education, if, if our countries, the world provided right. that financial education, maybe it will lead us to to other opportunities and help us to build um, generational wealth with it's something that I want to do and be equal to our um, wide counterparts. I do mm -hmm. not like to mention race, but it's um, obvious that there are other races that are years ahead from us regarding generational wealth and being financial literate is going to help us do the same and close the the wealth gap yeah preach sister preach <laughs> i love it <laughs> it's so important and i think like when you put it in those terms that it's just like we owe it to ourselves and the past generations to do better right because if if you make all these sacrifices and our families like make all of these literal sacrifices to get us to where we are today, the least we can do is to end up better off than them financially so that then the next generation and the next generation, we keep excelling. If we just accept That's what right. is now, like what was the point of all of those sacrifices? Exactly. So everything that I am doing is just not only for my family, but also to, to represent the, the culture the the community and to be a role model and show others that we can i love it you are doing exactly that so please know that it is being noticed and it's so appreciated thank you so much for sure so another thing that a lot of us deal with are these limiting beliefs or like, you know, imposter syndrome, feeling like we're not worthy of building wealth. And so I'm curious if you've dealt with any of those feelings and like how you overcome them. Yes, I have. I think we all do. Um, and I think one of the um, hardest things for me is sometimes I, I feel less than others. I'm not going to lie. I feel that like in between like my my social circle, they the, my friends do have do not have to think about paying off debt and having let's say a budget or stuff like that because their parents will provide everything. But one thing 
every time that I have these kind of thoughts, I, I talk to my mom and she tells me, yes, maybe you do not have what your friends have, but you were able to, to get out of Ecuador and move to another country and you're paying everything and you're independent and you do not have to depend on me to send you money to pay your bills or anything like that. Like you are already an independent woman. And I feel that, um, like, coming that from my mom, it really just pushes me to keep going. Um, and the other thing that I really think about is for me to, to get a raise or get promoted. And I feel that this might be something that as, as women and as a woman of color, we, we think um, that is harder to, to build wealth, that our journey is harder and it's not something that is only in my head but is in society like you see the wealth gap how black women get paid 66 cents um, compared to white men or Latinas we get paid 53 cents compared to white men as well so I think it's a common belief between um, women of colors and minorities but I do remind myself the words that my mom tells me like i did not move countries on my own to feel less than someone or to feel that i cannot do it and i will not let my race or my accent my background make me feel less than anybody else like my biggest asset is my education my skills my personality knowing that i can and that i have a community behind me supporting me you absolutely do and thank you so much for that, that, you know, I have so much hope in the future talking to someone who's 23 years old and who is so like self-aware and not, you know, the thing that I love about what you're doing, Natalie, is that you could have just taken all of this information for yourself and like just become an expert investor and like really good at financial literacy and just kept it for yourself but you're not, you're putting it out there. You are like serving your community. And I think there's so much power and inspiration in what you're doing that it, it literally just gives me chills. Like I have goosebumps just talking to you. Oh, <laughs> Denise, you're so sweet. But yes, why would I keep it to myself? I, I always think that, um, you know, there's these videos that come in like Facebook and say that, what is the problem with the latin race like the latina community is that we do not support each other like mm. if we open a business uh sometimes we do not hire our own people so that's one of the reasons why i'm i'm just sharing my journey and sharing my knowledge and sharing my time um when people ask me questions i try to do my best to my business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Reply to them and, and, and share information because I feel that the only way to, to close the, the wealth gap and to have a more educated community is by supporting each other. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So I'm curious, what does financial self-care mean to you? Financial self-care, you put in that, that way, it's for me, it's just like literally just making my budget and drinking a glass of wine <laughs> um, to take really control of my finances um, every day and um, increase my knowledge, um, have the freedom to, to make the best choices for me. Um, and I, I do that by, again, sharing um, stuff through Instagram, learning from Instagram, from pages like yours or Invest in Latina, Invest in Millennial, which are all Latinas, basically. And it's, it's just that. It's just having the freedom to, to make the best decisions for me and, and live my best life. I love it. Okay, so what advice would you give to someone who is ready to start getting control of their financial situation, but is just overwhelmed and doesn't know where to start? Sure. So I think that just by thinking and having that desire of changing their current financial state and and, and having the desire to take control of their finances is already a step like they are all already getting started i know that there are so many things that you need to know but just taking one day at a time um sit down write down what your current situation is um what are your finances looking like and then start um making a plan where do you want to see yourself in a year from today um, maybe you want to pay off that credit card maybe you want to um, pay off student loans. Um, maybe you want to read four books in a year um, because it is like finance is not really about just learning about it. It's also um, being able to put goals for yourself. So just sit down, write a plan in one year, five years, 10 years, and be honest with yourself. Set up smart goals. So they have to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and you need to put a time. Yeah. Yep. That is very good advice. And I totally agree with you. You have to actually make the mental choice to start doing something different. You know, like you can read every personal finance book there is out there, but if you don't actually put a plan in place for yourself and and make the decision that, you know what, I've been living with this credit card debt that I've been ignoring and I'm ready to stop doing that and to change something, it all starts with the mind. So that's why I believe mindset is so important. And along those lines, so what is your money mantra? My, so I do have a, how do you call it? Visual board. Yeah. I have a visual board and on that visual board, I have different phrases i have pictures and i have my money mantra which is in spanish yo soy abundancia which in english means i am abundant mm. and it's not only related to finance but 
to every aspect, positive aspect um, of my life. So I am um, abundance in money, energy, happiness, comfort. Um, so I think that's the, the, the best mantra because it just puts everything together in just three words. I love it. I'm going to steal that from you. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> I hope it works for you. I'm pretty sure it, it does work. I, I believe it. All right, Natalie, this has been an amazing conversation. I love everything that you're doing, and I wish you so much continued success in your journey with the financial talk. And so for people that want to find out more about you and follow you, where can we find you? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube as The Financial Talk. I do post financial and investing content for women and immigrants just like me. My YouTube is more investing related and I am planning to share my journey with the certificate I'm currently studying, the CFA. So you can check out those pages, those platforms. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me and for motivating that community and supporting us, Janice. Really appreciate that. Thank you. I hope you love this episode. I think Natalie's message is so important. And I know if you're like me, sometimes it can feel like you're the only one that is actually trying to get your financial game on another level. And I think a big part of that is because we just don't see enough people in our community talking about things like investing and building wealth. So I know if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're passionate about this subject, you're passionate about learning and continuing to grow. And I think a big part of that is not only finding your community and educating yourself, but also sharing that knowledge with people around you. That's how we're gonna change the trajectory of our communities. So kudos to you if you are the first in your family that is venturing out into this scary ass world of personal finance. I promise you it's not that scary once you really start understanding the power of owning your money story. As a reminder, if you're loving the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. That way, amazing listeners like you can find us too. We want everybody out here being poderosa with their money. And so if they know about us, they can start doing that too. If you don't already follow us on social media, make sure that you follow the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and even TikTok. Yep, we're doing TikToks too. And don't forget to visit the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast blog, where you can find episode show notes, as well as personal finance articles, news about events, and more. So until next time, guys, stay curious, stay learning, stay informed, stay educated, and stay poderosa.
On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.